From CPRI and the CPRI Knowledge Hub, this is Research Minutes, a weekly look at new and important research in education. Today we dive into teacher screening, a new system adopted in LA's Unified School District to identify, assess, and hire high-quality teachers. This is really an eight-part series of assessments that includes a structured interview with HR staff, a writing sample, their professional references from past work experience or student teaching experience, and they give a sample lesson demonstration to HR staff. We welcome USC's Paul Bruno, who recently led a comprehensive study of the screening system to determine its impacts on outcomes like teacher attendance, classroom evaluations, and student performance. Applicant teachers who had a total screening score that was one standard deviation higher were about one percentage point less likely to get an unsatisfactory final evaluation rating. That's about the difference between a first and a second year teacher, and they were one to two percentage points more likely to stay in their school after the year is over. Bruno joins CPRI Knowledge Hub Managing Editor Keith Hugh-Miller to discuss his findings and some potential implications for districts across the country. Ours is one of a few studies suggesting that it might be possible to predict more about new teacher quality during the hiring process than has often been assumed. So if you you have a lot of discretion and you're trying to choose between lots of different applicants, investing more in that screening process might be worthwhile. That's right now on Research Minutes. Hello and welcome to Research Minutes. I'm Keith Hugh-Miller. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Paul Bruno, PhD candidate with USC's Rossier School of Education. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Thanks for having me. So today, we're going to be discussing your study co-authored with Michigan State University's Catherine Strunk, titled Making the Cut, the Effectiveness of Teacher Screening and Hiring in the Los Angeles Unified School District. It was just published in Educational Evaluation and Policy Analysis, And it centers on a new teacher screening system being used in LAUSD and how successful that system is at predicting teacher evaluation outcomes, their impact on student achievement, attendance, and more. But to start, could you maybe set the stage for us a little bit? What do we know about these kind of screening systems in general and how prevalent are they in the U.S.? So I think there's really two big picture things to to understand to really set the stage about teacher hiring in the United States. And one is that there's sort of a a piece of conventional wisdom that says that teacher quality is pretty hard to predict before you've seen the teacher in action. That things that are really easy to observe about teachers, like, say, their their credentials, don't always necessarily predict real well who's going to be effective, and that can make it hard to hire teachers. And additionally, maybe unsurprisingly, given the size of the country and how much local control there is over education, there's a pretty wide range in terms of how schools and districts hire teachers. So on the one hand, there are case studies of districts and surveys of school administrators that suggest that a lot of teacher hiring is done very informally or in a very rushed fashion. For example, you know, school principals sort of improvising interview questions or they report really trusting their gut instincts on who they want to hire, their first impressions. But there's also some evidence that districts, especially maybe larger urban districts, are sometimes moving toward more formal screening processes, more structured screening processes for new teachers, for example, buying surveys that they can give to new teachers that are supposed to try to assess those teachers' philosophy and predict how effective they'll be. And that's, that's I should say, that's really consistent with my own experience as a classroom teacher. I taught middle school science, and my job interviews, you know, at some of my job interviews, I applied 
two schools and I had multiple really structured interviews with multiple staff members and gave sample lesson demonstrations to actual students in actual classrooms where I would be teaching. But, you know, in other cases, I was offered, in one case, I was offered a job based on a, a brief phone interview, never having met in person anyone uh, at the school district. So there's a lot of diversity in terms of how teachers are hired. And at the same time, not a ton of evidence about which of those kinds of methods work best. So your work here centers on a new screening system recently set up in LA's Unified School District. Could you tell us how the screening system came to be and maybe what sets it apart from similar systems used in other districts? Yeah, I I think there's really two distinctive features about the Los Angeles context that are helpful to understand here. So one is that Los Angeles uh, in addition to being a sort of a huge school district, has a very centralized hiring system, much more centralized than many other places, meaning that teachers don't apply directly to specific schools or to specific positions in the district. They apply to the district office. And then at the district office, they're screened by district human resource specialists. And these district specialists check people's qualifications, make sure that they meet the necessary legal requirements to teach, and then make some assessments about who is sufficiently high quality to be placed on what they refer to as an eligibility list. And these are teachers that have been deemed eligible to be hired by school principals, and then school principals who have open positions to fill are are given that list of eligible teachers to hire from, and they can do additional screening. The school principals can do additional screening if they so choose. And then more recently, LAUSD has uh, substantially revised the screening system that it uses to assess these applicants. So now they've adopted what they call the multiple measures teacher selection process, which is what we study in this paper. Uh, And this is really an eight-part series of assessments that applicant teachers are scored on. So that includes a structured interview with HR staff, a writing sample, their professional references from past work experience or student teaching experience, and they give a sample lesson demonstration to two HR staff who are sort of playing the role of of students. And then applicants also get scores on their college GPA, their subject matter proficiency, and they can get a few additional points for some aspects of their background or certain aspects of their past preparation and performance. And each of those assessments is scored on a rubric that's intended to be aligned to specific district goals, such as the criteria against which teachers are eventually evaluated. And applicants have to get minimum scores overall and on many of the individual assessments to be placed on that eligibility list. And this is really a much more structured system than you see uh, in many places. As I, as I said before, some, sometimes teachers are hired much more informally than this. So this is on the relatively centralized, relatively structured end of, of the way that we see teachers being hired around the country. Do you know, was there a specific driver for the district to implement this new approach or this new assessment system? Were they having issues in the past, or is this just the course of continual improvement? I think it's part of a process of continual improvement for the district. I think they had a number of goals that they wanted to um, advance simultaneously. So one is they wanted to make sure that they were using this, you know, their, their screening time and their screening investment to identify teacher effectiveness as well as possible to collect as much information and useful information as they could about applicants as they applied. This time when they were making these revisions also corresponded to a time when the district was changing some of its um, teacher evaluation frameworks. 
and then they wanted to make sure that they were aligning with the the changing expectations uh, for teachers in the district. They, uh, in conversations with school administrators, they've mentioned that this time also corresponds to a time when some district technology was changing and being improved, making it easier to collect some of this information, which might otherwise be somewhat difficult to collect. So it was really a process of continual improvement and trying to advance a, a number of these different goals simultaneously. What was it that drew you to this line of research and this study in particular? Were there specific questions you had or knowledge gaps that you were hoping to fill? So this sort of came to us because we had a, a pre-existing relationship with the Los Angeles Unified School District, and my co-author, Catherine Strunk, in particular, had done some work with them on other questions around sort of teacher quality and, and district processes. And, and they, they approached us and said they'd adopted this new multiple measure screening process. And they'd done some internal evaluation, but really wanted to have a more detailed assessment of its effectiveness. So they had some initial questions, especially wanting to make sure that they were capturing the things that really were high priority for the district. So for example, um, it's very important in Los Angeles, they want teachers that they hire to stick around. Um, they want to make sure they've got, you know, they're maximizing teacher retention in the district, um, especially in some of the schools where they've historically had trouble staffing adequately. But we also had a lot of ongoing conversations with them about other potential questions that might be of interest that we thought could be worth looking at as well, in addition to teacher retention, so things like teacher attendance. And then also, from a researcher perspective, thinking about things that were not really addressed in the existing literature, because a lot of the existing research on teacher quality uses data and information about teachers who have already been hired. And so this opportunity to take information used in an actual hiring process to predict later teacher effectiveness really meant we could look at some things that really had not always been addressed in the literature, like whether this information could even be predictive or was more or less predictive than information collected after the teachers had been hired, but also thinking about how the effectiveness of screening might differ for different kinds of teachers or might, uh, might be improved for them. So it was really an iterative process in cooperation with the district where you know, they brought some questions to us and we, and then we worked from there. So as you just mentioned, it's sort of a novel approach tying the way that teachers are hired to outcomes. So I think some of our listeners might be curious as to how you actually went about that. Could you give us a, an overview of your approach and the scope of this study? Yeah, so we started with applicants who had been fully screened and then placed on that eligibility list that principals have to hire from. So we're starting from this, what they call that eligibility list. And we've got, you know, uh, applicant scores, not just their total scores during the screening process, but their performance on each of those individual assessments. So we can look at patterns of performance for different kinds of teachers, but also we could link for teachers who were hired, we could link them to their later outcomes, such as their attendance and the outcomes for their students. And so this meant that not only could we see how different kinds of teachers were performing during the screening process, but whether teachers who did better during the screening process also had better outcomes, even after adjusting for maybe differences between the schools that they worked in. So we looked at student achievement growth that teacher students made on standardized tests. We looked at teachers' classroom evaluation ratings from their administrators, their attendance at work, and we looked at whether teachers stayed in their school, moved schools, or left the district. Um, so we were really able to look at a wide range of teacher outcomes that schools might care about and see whether those were predicted by their uh, performance during the, the hiring process. Could you give us an idea of how many teachers were, were involved and how far down the line did you track their outcomes after they were hired? 
Uh, we started with uh, the list of uh, screened, fully screened teachers on the eligibility list was about a little over 6,000 teachers over about three years. And then for the teachers who were eventually hired, which is between maybe 70 and 75% of those teachers, we could look follow some of them for up to four years, depending on how early they had been screened and hired. So we had, if we could see these teachers go for, for quite some time in the classroom. So let's jump into your results. In general, it seems you found that the screening system was meaningfully predictive of a number of different outcomes. Yes, teachers who had higher overall scores during the screening process had better attendance at work. They had better classroom evaluation outcomes, both for the individual standards that they got evaluated on, as well as their final summative overall evaluation ratings. And they were more likely to stay in their school at the end of the year. In some cases, in some models, we also find that their students made larger student achievement growth on state tests, especially in English language arts. And those differences weren't always huge, uh, but they are probably, in, in many cases, big enough to matter and for, for schools to care about. So, for example, applicant teachers who had a total screening score that was one standard deviation higher, so about the difference between a, an average teacher on the eligibility list and maybe an applicant at the 60th percentile, uh, were about one percentage point less likely to get an unsatisfactory final evaluation rating. That's about the difference between a first and a second year teacher. And they were one to two percentage points more likely to stay in their school after the year is over. So not necessarily huge differences between teachers, but also potentially big enough for, for schools to care about. One of the more interesting things I found in your research is that you were actually able to delineate specific components of the screening process that predicted different corresponding teacher outcomes. Could you walk us through what those were? So applicants get these overall scores during the screening process that are really just uh, based on these eight separate assessments that I mentioned before. And definitely it was the case that sometimes the relationship between teachers' total scores during the screening process and their outcomes were not were not huge. As I said, they seem to be big enough to be important, but maybe not huge. And that's in part because those eight screening assessments don't all predict the same outcomes, and some don't consistently predict any outcomes at all. So as an example, applicants who got higher scores on their sample lesson demonstration had students make larger gains on standardized tests, but they didn't have better attendance at work. And the reverse was true for their GPA scores. Similarly, having better professional references for applicants predicted better evaluation ratings, but not higher student achievement. And some things like whether applicants got extra points for their background, which could be something like having a graduate degree or prior experience in the district, didn't really consistently predict much of anything. So in some cases, the individual screening assessments were much more predictive of some outcomes, but when you combine them all together, applicants' total scores were not as predictive. And that maybe shouldn't surprise us since teacher quality is complicated and you might not be able to predict every aspect of teacher quality at once using a single assessment, but it also points to really important potential challenges and trade-offs for districts during the hiring process because it suggests that hiring for teachers who are better along one dimension uh, won't necessarily get you teachers that are better along every dimension. Trying to hire teachers to have better attendance, for example, might not select for teachers who are going to stay year after year. So it seems that at least one of the takeaways would be that hiring better teachers and finding more effective systems to identify better teachers leads to better results. But 
I take it it's a little bit more nuanced than that. Um, I'd be curious to know what you think the implications are here, either locally for LA or for similar districts or for similar districts across the country. So I think there's a few potential implications for for schools and, and districts around the country. So ours is one of a few studies suggesting that it might be possible to predict more about new teacher quality during the hiring process than has often been assumed. So that means that investing in more rigorous screening might be worthwhile, particularly if you are a school or a district or hiring for a position where you're getting a lot more applicants than you have open positions to fill. So if you, if you have a lot of discretion and you're trying to choose between lots of different applicants, investing more in that screening process might be worthwhile. Second, more structured screening might also be worthwhile. So for example, we look at some applicants who were placed on this eligibility list to be hired, even though they don't meet the normal screening requirements because district officials or school administrators asked for them to be granted an exception. And you might think that these applicants would be more effective than their screening scores indicate since they've been singled out. Uh, for some reason, as worthy of being hired despite their lower scores. But we don't actually find that to be the case. They're not more effective than their lower scores would indicate. And this suggests that there might be some benefits for districts to really formalizing and structuring their hiring processes and making sure you're, they're not relying on sort of people's gut instincts or first impressions of applicants. And then finally, I think it's important to highlight some of these potential trade-offs that districts are facing here since the different screening assessments that we look at don't always predict the same teacher outcomes, it's really important, I think, for schools and districts and administrators to think carefully about what they want to prioritize during the hiring process. What's important for them to select for while teachers are being hired versus what are things that maybe they can develop in teachers after the teachers have been hired so that they can make those trade-offs during the hiring process in a, in a really informed and thoughtful way. Do you see any opportunities here for future research, either for you or for others who are working in this field? Yeah, there is still a ton that we don't know uh, about how to hire teachers. We're certainly working on an ongoing basis with uh, Los Angeles to try to look at some of these things. So, for example, we don't know much about how to, to differentiate the hiring process for different kinds of teachers. And that could be really important because maybe different kinds of teachers need different skills or maybe there are more of some kinds of teachers to choose from in the first place. Maybe uh, you want screening that's more rigorous for types of teachers where you have more to choose from. Maybe a school gets lots of applicants to be elementary teachers, but not a lot of special education teachers. And so maybe you want to you wanna differentiate the screening process for teachers for that reason. And we also don't know much about how more rigorous screening impacts who applies in the first place. So for example, does screening more intensely discourage some good candidates from applying, or does it encourage good applicants to apply because they believe they'll stand out uh, in the crowd from the other applicants? These are really potentially important questions. We don't know as much, we know even less, I should say, about sort of how applicants perceive the hiring process and whether those things matter. So those things can have important implications for whether investing in this kind of screening is worthwhile. It's intriguing work, Paul, and I would encourage all of our listeners to go read the full paper it's titled Making the Cut, the Effectiveness of Teacher Screening and Hiring in the Los Angeles Unified School District, and it's recently published in Educational Evaluation and Policy Analysis. Paul Bruno, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's Research Minutes, presented by the CPRI Knowledge Hub. For more episodes of this podcast, or to subscribe to the series, visit us at cprehub.org. 
That's cprehub.org. To share thoughts on today's episode, or to suggest future topics, follow us on Twitter at cprehub.org.